0: Welcome to Thrive Through Data by Blue Margin Incorporated. Today, we're pleased to present the guest podcast, The Manufacturing Executive, from industrial marketing agency Gorilla 76.
1: Welcome to another episode of the Manufacturing Executive Podcast. This show is being brought to you by our sponsor, Cadenas Part Solutions. I'm Joe Sullivan, your host and a co-founder of the industrial marketing agency, gorilla 76. So I entered the workforce in 2005 after graduating from undergrad, and I don't know that I could have stepped into the marketing world at a better time. I was interested in digital media, web design, online marketing, digital advertising, etc. And then in November of that exact same year, 2005, a new Google product was released. Its name, Google Analytics. It blows my mind looking back and thinking, wow, this is a tool that just about every company relies on to harness data about their audience, how their audience finds them and interacts with their website, and and it didn't even exist until 15 years ago. Before then, a marketer's ability to measure the impact of their efforts was just so primitive. The advancements in harnessing marketing data that have unfolded since then are, are really pretty unbelievable if you stop and think about it. And I use this example, not because we're talking about marketing analytics today, that'll be a great topic, but one for another episode. Instead, I want to call attention to how quickly the world has changed in terms of our ability to access, interpret and use data to make decisions all throughout our businesses. And what an interesting time in particular it is in manufacturing with the emergence of the smart factory and IoT technologies, 3D printing, advanced robotics, autonomous vehicles, and, and all of these things have just made data so much more essential than ever before. And it's a good lead-in to my guest today, who I'm really excited to introduce. John Thompson is a co-founder and senior partner at Blue Margin, Inc., a company of 38 consultants and engineers in Colorado who help mid-market companies with an emphasis on industrials use their data to create growth by getting everyone to play from the same playbook. An author and speaker, John sheds light on how you can create the dashboard effect, which is the title of his book as well, a revolution in business that helps companies thrive through data. John, welcome to the show. Thank you, Joe. Glad to be here. Appreciate it. Well, John, before we dive into this topic of data, can you tell our listeners just a little bit more about yourself and your journey that's led
2: you to where you are today? Sure, yeah. My brother and I are the founders of this company. We started out in the dot-com age in 2000. We built a business that was venture-backed where we took data from enterprise companies around their telecom expense back when cell phones did not have unlimited plans and so on, and telecom was a major line item. And we took their, their bills that would come literally in a box, a stack of paper, and we would scan it, we'd parse the data, and we would identify areas for them to, to find savings and really were able to do a lot with that. We actually grew it to a five hundred person company that was p e backed by one equity partners called Veracuity, became the name of the company and when we We went on various adventures from there in real estate and other things. But when we got back into starting a business, we decided we wanted to do things that enable companies through essentially the cloud and started out in in cloud productivity. Google, and then Microsoft Office 365. We're now Microsoft Gold Partners and focused solely on data and business intelligence, which is a strange phrase that means dashboards, essentially. I like to think of it as data intelligence. And we dove in there full full force, working with mid-market, again, emphasis on industrials, and have been helping them ever since. Our focus is, is around changing company culture, which affects operations, productivity, profitability, employee satisfaction and so on. And that's, that's what we wrote the book about, The Dashboard Effect. It's great. Why is data such a big buzzword in business right now, and, and particularly
1: in manufacturing, would you say?
2: Yeah, it really is. There's a few factors that have lent to that big shift. You hear everyone talking about and throwing around, like you say, buzzwords, big data, artificial intelligence, and so on. One of the reasons is that everything we do produces data. So all the machines and manufacturing that we use, all of our accounting, all of our sales, all of our HR, every bit of operations produces data because we're using transactional systems, i.e. software. And that leaves an artifact that shows you how you've performed and where you're trending. And so there's a real opportunity there as companies have really streamlined how they operate with, you know, various management philosophies and techniques and so on. They're looking for that next frontier and data appears to be that opportunity to really leverage an asset that you already have. So companies are turning more and more to that. And all the gurus, it seems, in business are really pushing for data as as the big changer for an organization. There was an HBR article, Harvard Business Review, where the the author said, if you want to motivate your employees, stop following your instincts and take a data-driven approach. And if you look across Peter Drucker and anyone else you can get your hands on, they're speaking to data. Another reason that it's really become a big buzzword is that the tools – to harness and mobilize your data, like Power BI in the case of, of Microsoft or Tableau or Click, or any number of a hundred different platforms that are out there and that seem to be appearing daily, are making it much more accessible financially and technically to be able to connect to your data sources, get it wrangled in, and produce something that gives you instrumentation and insight so that you're, you're able to uh, operate more intentionally, less reactively. I would also say that, that business culture and the mindset of, of employees has shifted a lot with the information age. You have employees moving on from one job to the next every 2.5 years, and part of that is that more than salary or retirement plan, employees are looking for agency and involvement and ownership of their work and data really provides a great way to do that rather than the sort of old model of we will do all of our insights and strategy in the boardroom and then push those through an organization 20 layers deep. Companies are finding that if they put that instrumentation in front of everyone right down to the line worker, you get much better engagement, you get much more employee satisfaction, and it begins to turn the tide on some of those shifts in culture so that companies can take advantage of them rather than watch employees go in and out through a revolving door. Yeah, that's great. In 2019, you published your book, The Dashboard
1: Effect, which was co-authored with your brother and business partner and. Can you kind of tell us a little bit about what the dashboard effect is all about?
2: Yeah. Yeah. So the dashboard effect takes a particular angle on this trend around using data in business. Typically, when companies think about data, they're thinking about the executives. We need better reporting that's more consistent. We need to be able to answer questions at our fingertips instead of requesting spreadsheets and ad hoc meetings and all the overhead that goes with that. And that is a good place to start. The most influential people in an organization typically, typically are the executives. But what we found is that democratizing data, democratizing dashboards and insight and instrumentation, as we call it, throughout an organization, has some phenomenal impacts where you get everyone with a shared vision, with shared accountability where they own their area of the business, where they have the same tools, essentially flinging open the boardroom doors and giving everyone the same tools appropriate for their role that the executives have so that they can think strategically, make the right decisions, focus on the highest priority. That That's what the dashboard effect is. It's a whole organization having clear visibility and the impact that it has. It also reduces things like micromanagement and politics, which are driven out of a lack of clarity. When you're not sure how someone's doing, you stay on top of them. When you're not sure how you're doing and how the the organization perceives your performance, you fall to politics a lot. When you make that empirical and it's in numbers and people can see here's the goal, here's how they're trending towards it or not, here's why, it allows for much more direct discussion, much more agency on the part of the employee. So that's, that's the idea of the dashboard effect in the book we outline. Here's, here's why organizations do that and, and uh, the benefits and how you can get into that.
1: There were a number of times in the book you drew on concepts from Charles Coonrad's book, The Game of Work, which essentially likened running a business to playing a game. In sports, the simplest numbers on the scoreboard serve as the motivation behind why players play and show up and ultimately why we watch them do it. And by the way, you had me in the first line of the book where you recalled Odell Beckham Jr.'s famous uh, one-handed catch against the Cowboys back in 2014. As a huge NFL fan, that's one I, I won't forget. But can you unpack this
2: idea of numbers as a motivator? Yeah, you bet. And I, I put it in the book that that was one of the greatest catches in NFL history. I really think it was by a long stretch, you know, double double meaning there, the greatest catch in, in NFL history. It's really amazing. And as, as we point out in the book, you know, you can look at the highlights of any any weekend and see heroics or any game really and see how how do people do that. And what Coonrad says is if you want to improve the quality of performance in any area, improve or increase the frequency of the feedback. That's the simple principle that so many business gurus hold to and that it's sort of measure what matters type of thing. If you want to manage it, measure it. So numbers really give you a fixed bogey that you're after. Without them, you get this vague and constant pressure to do better, which is tough for executives and line employees alike. When you give someone a very concrete goal, a singular concrete goal, that gives them a sense of stability and firm footing and really drives focus and prioritization. If you were to play golf, it's a beautiful place to be, groomed environment, and it's it's lovely and fun to swing the club. And when you occasionally hit it at the center of the face and it makes that click, it's, it seems all worth it. But without a hole, at the end, it loses all of its meaning. And for some reason, we tend to leave that aspect of human nature at the office door and assume that instead of scorekeeping and having a, a definite measurable goal to go after. What we need is good job descriptions, good compensation packages, an annual review, things like that. And that those worked for a long time in the very sort of top-heavy, top-down, authoritative business environment of, of the Industrial Revolution, but less so in business culture today. And so if you can give folks the same motivators that will drive those heroics that you saw with Odell and, and again, any, any game in any professional sport or any sport, it changes the dynamic for them and really leverages human nature and our desire to achieve and to have that achievement be concrete and recognized and measured and clear. So that's the idea behind keeping score will, will drive motivation, improve uh, performance.
1: We're going to take a 30 second breather here for a word from our sponsor, Cadenas Part Solutions. Let's talk real quick about getting specified. Are you a component manufacturer? Maybe you sell architectural products to parks or large facilities. Engineers and architects need models of your products to test fit in their designs. That's where Cadenas comes in. They help you create a dynamic shareable CAD catalog you put on your website designers can preview the product from any angle and download it in the format they prefer. They get the data they need for their design and you get a fresh lead to add to your marketing pipeline. To get one of your products turned into an online 3D model for free, use the code executive at partsolutions.com executive. How, how have you seen the business world change over the last pack? the last decade or so in terms of use of data inside of operations?
2: Yeah, a lot. It's funny because we don't run into many companies that have their data really as a managed asset. It's more like a tide that's coming at them that they're trying to harness and and, you know you can't you can't fight the tide when you don't have a good controlled way of managing it entropy kicks in and you get data chaos before you know it and so companies will will again cobble together large and complex spreadsheets with all sorts of versions of the truth depending on where in the business you're looking at data and that can be very challenging but companies are are using data much more despite that that difficulty Excel has more than a billion instances deployed on the earth. It is, you know, sort of the, one of the primary go-to tools in business and is a phenomenal tool. But with the recent last 10 years, 15 years, development of these platforms that go much beyond excel that are connected directly to your systems that produce data so they automatically update your data mart and they and that automatically updates your reports companies are realizing that clear visibility rather than reactivity and and relying on instinct and experience which are all good you have to have those skills but if you can if you can fortify that with clear visibility into what's happening empirically and not get trapped in sort of the bias effect where you're looking for things that confirm your decisions and you're hiding from things that are, that seem too difficult to deal with. Data eliminates a lot of that. And so we're seeing a big change. And and again, part of that, as I mentioned before, is this cultural change in business where employees want more agency, where they're more transient between jobs and if they're not engaged, if you're not engaging the full person, if you're treating them like a cog in the machine and saying, here's your function, do this, do it well, and you'll be pressured. And if you don't do it well, you're fired. And if you do do it well, that's expected. So whatever. You see much more wanting to get people involved at every level and and harness their fuller potential so um, um, we're seeing that that change in culture driving this desire for greater visibility into data in manufacturing you see that like crazy because manufacturing is globalized and become more commoditized and manufacturers need to look for those margins that give them an advantage, and and data is one of the ways to really zero in on those things where they can they can increase efficiency, whether it's inventory management or, or on-time delivery or you name it.
1: So on that topic of, you know, applying these concepts to the manufacturing sp- sector specifically, because I, I know you've worked with a number of manufacturing organizations at Blue Margin. It's, it seems yeah. to be one of your, your specialties, right? So, what what are some of the biggest challenges that manufacturers specifically are facing in terms of, you know, getting control of and making use of their data?
2: Yeah. Well, manufacturing is a complex operation. You have a lot of pieces that run sort of separately, but have to coordinate really well. So understanding your sales projections, first of all, salespeople understanding their buyer trends and knowing who is falling off or not taking advantage of a broader swath of their products or have a, has a satisfaction issue or has run into on-time delivery problems, those sorts of things. They need to know that to know who to pay attention to. And as they begin to fill the funnel and have projections, that is important for the purchasing folks to be able to know what to have on the shelves, to be able to deliver quickly that then translates to the inventory folks who are trying to keep free up as much cash as possible and minimize slow moving inventory, have the right things on the shelf, have strategies to get rid of stuff that is becoming more obsolete. And, and then that has to do with the supply chain and on-time delivery and invoicing and, and order to cash and so on. So all of those things need to coordinate and it's very very difficult. And those are some of the areas that we've really focused on with our manufacturing clients. We've also focused heavily on machine employee utilization. We have a client that they're quasi manufacturer. They, they do install and maintenance on, on a commercial and industrial level. They have 500 techs. And with better insight on tech utilization, being able to coordinate that body of, of employees, they in, increase their Their employee utilization from 60 to 80% with 500 techs, that comes to about $5 million on their bottom line. And I have actually a couple other quotes from some of our clients that I think are are useful. This is from a client that does specialized handicap wheelchairs and the like. And he said, you know, it's amazing how much these dashboards are being used. It's like we invented fire. That's a common response for an organization that has been relying on manually produced spreadsheets and so on. Another one, I won't mention the company, but the general manager said our data is very complex, but now we have clear visibility into critical areas, such as order to cash and AR. Another one, fastener manufacturing company. After reviewing our dashboards, I realized this might be the most important thing I've been involved with in the last five years in this company. And I mentioned those because we see that light bulb moment so often. And where companies really struggle is in getting started. Their their data seems like a massive hairball that can never be untangled. And we help them to, and, and regardless of working with Blue Margin or whomever, a company should start with a small area that is light lift and high impact. Where can we get the most impact for the for the least effort and begin to seed that that visibility through dashboards and have those light bulb moments. As soon as they get that, then they're off and running, and it, it, it really is, is a catalyst for moving towards becoming a data-driven organization and dealing with things like inventory and on-time delivery and so on. So those are those are some of the areas that we've seen manufacturers really take advantage.
1: Are there any tangible examples? You know, a success story or, or even just an application that you know, to make this tangible for someone of you know how company has successfully used their data and and what it's meant for their bottom line.
2: Yeah. So we have a a manufacturer of aerospace parts and they are really focused on on on-time delivery across various plants. What they did was to set up a calendar that's color coded that shows either month to date or can show the entire month. And it shows by day how they're doing on their on-time delivery. And they created an internal benchmark so that from one plant to the other, they could see, here's how the five plants are doing, compare those and create that competitive spirit we've talked about with the game of work and, and numbers being a motivator. And we're able to improve their on-time delivery significantly. I don't have a bottom line number for that, but the VP at that company said our, our Power BI reports have taken hold, enabling us to monitor and improve our efficiency. In that case, he's speaking specifically to their on-time delivery. So that that ability to create that competitive edge without creating a wall of shame, but just saying, look, here's, here's what we have internally. This is our benchmark for on-time delivery. Really help them to shore that up on that calendar. When you see a lot of reds for one plant and you see a lot of greens for another, that one with the red, they want to fix it quickly. It, it, it follows that Charles Schwab story that you've probably heard, and everyone's heard, but where he was running a steel factory and and walked in the morning and said, how many heats did we generate today? And they said six. So he took a piece of chalk and wrote a big six on the floor and left. And the next crew came in and said, what's that six? Oh, that's what the last crew produced. And by the end of the day, that was scratched out and there was a seven. It's, it's, Just that ability to get that feedback loop that really drives people to think about how can I be more efficient as opposed to this vague sense of we're doing stuff, but we're not sure what it means. So those are the types of applications that we see. Yeah, having something tangible or a visual that you can just makes it more
1: concrete can be such a powerful thing. Yeah, yeah. It, you know, it seems like there are countless platforms and services out there that promote big data and artificial intelligence, machine learning, Internet yeah. of Things, et cetera. How can manufacturers make sense of all this? And what are practical ways they can get started making use of their data?
2: Yeah, that's a great question. So companies so often come to us and say, hey, we want to do this, this machine learning, this artificial intelligence thing. And, and what they mean by that is we want to take the the hordes of data that we have and find insights that, that a human being or a spreadsheet can't do. Where are the correlations between weather patterns and how people buy certain products? Or if they've bought one product, how likely are they to buy another? Or where's there likely to be a, a customer satisfaction issue? And those are great. It does require those, those sort of more advanced extended analytics that machine learning, those heavy algorithms that are looking for correlations and patterns... It requires a lot of data and it requires a high tolerance for trial and error. You've got to have a test set of data, you've got to have a training set of data, and you've got to be able to apply that and see where these these correlations. That is good stuff, but it's not the low-hanging fruit. So manufacturers, when they're thinking about data, rather than going into that stratosphere of, you know, sort of science fiction, you know, brushing up against the border of science fiction type artificial intelligence, we find that the vast majority I would say 90 plus percent really don't have a good grip on just what's happening as of today and how does that relate to where we're headed and what our goals are and our mission for our company and are we on track and if not what are the factors that are getting us off track is it our our marketing spend is it something to do with our supply chain or, or whatever the case is And so what we encourage companies to do is let's take care of this really easy, low-hanging fruit. Let's give you good instrumentation so that you can, from a command center, from a single screen, see what's happening across all the aspects of your operations and be able to see that coordinate and identify by exception, here's where I need to focus my effort. Get your operations tight and then democratize that so everyone is, is playing from the same playbook and has that shared mission, then once you've got that tightened up, then it's good to look at the, the more speculative, advanced analytics. I mean, there's some opportunity there. But I think that's, that's one way that companies can make sense of it is, is leave some of that really science fiction stuff on the table for now and get back to the blocking and tackling of getting a feedback on performance on a daily basis.
1: There was a 2019 Harvard, Harvard Business Review slash New Vantage article that surveyed a wide variety of executives in enterprise organizations about their adoption of data. And I'm gonna read a couple key stats from that survey. One of them was that 52% admit they're not competing on data and analytics. And then 69% report that they have not created a data-driven organization. And and one of the conclusions I think from the survey seemed to be that companies are spending money on and prioritizing data, but their adoption has been lackluster. Why do you think more companies aren't taking advantage of becoming data-driven and what can they do to overcome it?
2: Yeah, that's a great question there. It's the number one issue that we see. It's what you're seeing more of business articles about data referring to. How do we get this organizational change? How do we get this adoption? And it's, it's become our singular focus, it, rather than technical experts, which we are and have to have, but rather than hired guns, where someone says, here's the reports we need, make us a data warehouse, we wanna be data-driven. If we take that order and just start building stuff, it, it tends to have marginal value. So what you have to look at is, how do we begin to shift our organization towards being data-driven? What's difficult about that is habit and convention and prioritizing the urgent and the short term over the important and the long term. There's also this sort of specter of the legacy of of the data warehouse that enterprises have deployed over the past decades that cost seven figures and sounds like, a, you know, only for the really big players and, and complicated and risky there's also this idea of sort of the waterfall approach, which is a term in development that means we're going to build the whole thing and then deploy it as opposed to the agile approach where you go after uh, smaller targets and uh, over time build a bigger mechanism to to drive that data. And it's that lack of understanding of how to convert to a data-driven culture that I think holds companies back so what we focus on is helping companies again to identify that first area. First of all, look at the whole thing. What, what are the areas of operation that are critical to us to meet our goals in the next one, three, and five years? And then let's focus on where the biggest, the most acute pain is that has the biggest opportunity to introduce performance feedback in the form of dashboards and, and data analytics That is not a heavy lift. It's not going to require a million dollar data warehouse. It's going to require 30 or $40,000 engagement to uh, whether you're doing it internally or hiring someone to get a hold of the data for a certain area, let's say inventory, and you're looking at freeing up shelf space and getting rid of slow moving inventory and freeing up cash where can we get the biggest bang for the buck and seed this thing and have it be, if that's the last thing we ever do with business intelligence, it will continue to have value long-term. It's not, it's not intertwined with a, with a bigger, bigger mechanism that it won't work on its own. So it needs to have standalone value. And so many companies miss that first step. Just get a win, get wins early and often make them simple, make them small, make them good and then you can be off and running. And so I I think those are some of the challenges that companies face that you have to go in wide-eyed when you're saying, hey, we need to take better advantage of our data. Be careful of the pitfalls. That's something we help with, but something our book speaks to. And and a lot of industry wonks out there will, will teach you about as you begin to look into data.
1: Great. Well, John, is there anything else you'd like to add to this conversation to kind of put a bow on it that maybe we haven't touched on?
2: yeah I, I I would just say this that for our organization, as large as it is thirty eight people not your typical uh mid market manufacturer as far as scale but we've we've seen it here and then we've seen it with so many companies we work with when you start to put into people's hands those tools that give them visibility, it is like breathing oxygen again it it's like you've been you've had a governor on your on your ability to really move through some of the key initiatives and key goals that you want to get to. And the beauty of harnessing your data and putting it in dashboard form that's easy to consume and relevant to the person consuming it. What's so nice about that is it's an automated way to engage everybody around the highest priority, the highest value creation initiatives and get everyone in a shared mission. It's much more difficult to motivate to have company-wide meetings to say, remember, here's our priority and this is what we need to focus on. And, and then throughout the organization, having every manager get on that same company line and be able to preach that so that people just get it into their heads through repetition You don't have to go through that heavy, heavy lift and ongoing burden if you'll just put in front of each person what they need to see to know how they can succeed at their work and contribute to the bigger success of the company. When you do that, great things start to happen as far as culture and as far as employee satisfaction and as far as pulling out people's greatest potential. So I encourage companies to take a small step, a very small step, not to to start a, a huge new initiative, but let's nail one small area and see what that does. And, and that's where you get that sort of eyebrows raised, light bulb goes on and, and companies tend to freak out and say, oh my gosh, it's like we invented fire. What have we been, you know, we should have done this a while ago. And I know that sounds a little self-serving and certainly I'm myopic because this is what we do, but uh, we've seen it over and over and it's pretty phenomenal.
1: Great way to wrap it up. Well, John, great conversation today. Really appreciate you coming on the show. Thank you, Joe. Can you tell listeners where they can connect with you online and learn more about what you and your company, Blue Margin, are doing?
2: Yeah, you bet. So they can just go to uh, bluemargin.com. When we get a, a, a inquiry from someone, we start out just in the consulting mode, and we'll do a, a discovery around what is it you're trying to achieve, what have you tried so far, what's worked, what hasn't, where's your biggest opportunity to get impact for the lowest investment up front, and if it looks like there's a, a place to help, then we'll put together a proposed scope of work, and they can consider that for their own internal deployment or using someone like us if they want to but very light touch, consultative approach because we find that works best. So if, if they go to the site, they can see me on there. It has my contact info or they can fill in one of our forms. We'd love to chat with them and offer any help, answer any questions. It doesn't have to be a customer-oriented thing. We're, we're happy to help. Great.
1: Well, I encourage our listeners to take John up on that offer. Visit bluemargin.com. Well, I'd like to say thank you once again to our sponsor, Cadenas Part Solutions for helping make this episode possible. And John, thanks a ton for taking the time to come on the show today. Yeah, thank you, Joe. Take care. As, as for the rest of you, I hope to catch you on the next episode of the Manufacturing Executive.
0: Thanks for listening to this guest podcast on Thrive Through Data. To learn more about the Manufacturing Executive, visit www.gorilla76.com. To contact John Thompson or to discover more about data intelligence for the mid-market industry, visit www.bluemargin.com. Have questions or want to schedule a free Data HQ demo? Email us at connect at or give us a call at 800-865-6350. We look forward to serving you again soon.